Hi, this is Maggie Benoni, sports reporter at the Daily Emerald, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow, and on today's podcast, we are recording the Oregon Women's Basketball Podcast. It's January 16th. It's a Wednesday. It's 4.30 p.m. They've just had basketball practice. I've just come from interviews. I'm joined here today by Sierra Webster. Hey, what's up? And Maggie Vanoni. Hello, hello. And we're going we're gonna to break down a lot because we haven't recorded since it was... December? Oh, maybe I even then. I think it was then. Thanksgiving. It was, it was it prior was to December. Yeah. So we haven't recorded for a whole year, folks. It's <laughs> it's January 16th, 2019, and Oregon women's basketball still as good as ever. They have one loss on the schedule. Last time we talked, they were undefeated. They lost at Michigan State. We won't dive too deep into that, but they rebounded it against another MSU, Mississippi State. That one at home in front of a huge crowd at Matthew Knight Arena. Maggie, you were there to cover it. We'll talk about that a little bit. But only one loss on the schedule. They are 4-0 in Pac-12. They've come off an away weekend where they beat both L.A. schools, and they started Pac-12 play with sweeps, a sweep of Washington schools. And just initial reaction from you two from this start to Pac-12 play, because that's, I think, most prominent right now. Yeah, I mean, I think they've been dominant. Like we we knew this was coming, and they're they've been riding the same dominance high and roller coaster. We probably shouldn't say high roller coaster that they've been going since we knew this preseason would come. They've also haven't played a ranked opponent, That's true. and so they do look really strong and they look like they're moving really well together. And players are having really good games. Um, Ionescu's breaking records as always. Um, but we haven't seen any ranked opponents, and so maybe that will change this weekend when we see Arizona State. Yeah, Arizona State on Friday, mm-hmm. first ranked opponent in Pac-12 for Oregon. They've played ranked opponents this season, and they've done pretty well against them. But yeah, but Pac-12, Mississippi State, the the, the biggest of them all. Mm-hmm. But Arizona State's a tricky team, and I think Oregon's going to have to make sure they don't come out sluggish in this game because. When they have in the past, it's 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 nicked them a little bit, and I think they they like that underdog feeling, but they're now used to this favorite feeling, I think, and that's where this team's mentality, I think, comes into play. They don't have that depth off the bench. They can't really mix it up enough to the point where it's, all right, settle down. We they, they, Kelly can't sit there. Kelly Graves can't sit there and go, oh, you know, we can bring Mallory McGuire in. Right. anymore like you can't have that that oh it's not really a drop-off here as much as Audie Gilden and Lydia Jomi are great players it is a drop-off when you take Ruthie Hebert or Sabrina Ionescu off or Maite Gazorla or Satu Sabal yeah or Aaron Boley the starting five is the best five that they'll have this year and it, it's showing I think that's going to be interesting but the Pac-12 started with a win over Washington Hebert struggled from the field and then struggled from the line the next game against Washington State. And today at practice, Kelly Graves was kind of showing the team what to do on free throws and just practice that motion. Just It's a simple thing, but it's so often missed by players. And 
I don't know, Bowley was huge against USC and against UW, and I think this Bowley, five is... Bowley only shot three against USC. Or, sorry, not against USC, against um, Washington State. Yeah. I meant to say. Um, the red, just messing with my head. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think there's just this interesting dynamic with this team, and they're letting different players step up in different games, mm-hmm. even though they only have nine healthy players. Uh, I don't know what you guys see from this team right now and what waves they have to ride, but uh, obviously Sabrina Ionescu. Well, yeah, I mean, Absolutely. going back, going back, you're talking about uh, free throws. Mississippi State, she set that record of 17, not missing a single one of those. I think that was a Pac-12 record and the Oregon record. I could be wrong about that. I know it's at least a Pac-12 record. But yeah, I think that like... And if you look at Taylor Chavez, like they brought her in a lot as just not even when they're ahead, just brought her in for Maite, which is not doing too hot. And it's been like it's depth, but it's also a strong depth, too. Yeah, I think Satu Sabli's uh, has been really big for Oregon, especially in Pac-12 play. She's averaging 22.3 points a game, which is the team high. Um, it's been really cool to see her. Um, I think get more like confident and aggressive on the court as opposed to last year where um, it felt like maybe sometimes she was timid or um, shy to shoot like the three but just to see her kind of step into her own and really get more confidence in with Kazorla graduating this year UNESCO maybe going to the draft um, she will be big for Oregon in years to come yeah the Satu Sambali train that's something to, to take a look at as well I think she has come into her own and this might be the player that she becomes and is at Oregon drives to the hoop and Kelly said that he's pushed her to work on rebounds and she is getting boards now um she wasn't getting those last year 9.3 yeah that's a phenomenal statistic and I think I think now maybe it's is it do you think it's the sophomore mentality the fact that she's been here I think so. And I think also like thinking about her coming from Germany and playing in Germany and it last year being like her first year in the United States playing, I'm sure that's an adjustment. She also has her sister here now, which I don't know how big of an impact that is, but I mean, if you got family on the bench, maybe. Well, I asked her about that too. And she was just like, oh, she just jokes around. It's, <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's nice to have her. It's like, okay, there's got to be more than that. Right, right. So she definitely doesn't let on completely, but you know that. There's definitely something going on there when she's on the court. Right. And I mean, speaking of Sabali, she had that one game where she got a little Washington feisty. State. Yeah. So for those that missed it, the end of the game, she and I think it was Michaela Jones of Washington State, just kind of a small tussle right at the end of the game. Yeah. The Oregon bench hops up. Sabrina Ionescu <laughs> tries to get on the court to break this thing up. Yeah. Um, after the game, Ionescu was asked, she's like, ah, nah, I felt bad for the other girl. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay. But yeah, this team has each other's backs. Yeah. And it, it's a it's a fun team to watch right now and to cover. And um, it's something that's interesting to watch is how Sabali reacted to that. Is that immaturity? But at the same right. time, she didn't really do anything there. Uh, overreaction, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what to think of that. I think we'll see. One thing that I was thinking was like, as she maybe is like being more aggressive, taking more risks, driving to the basket more, um, maybe that is coming out in other ways that she needs to like learn how to control or to have some more maturity and growth in becoming a 
high, more high profile, higher caliber player. Yeah, she's. I think when her sister gets into the team, we might see a totally different dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm really bummed to be graduating yeah. at the end of this academic year to not be able to to cover that mm-hmm. because that's going to be something to uh, to keep an eye on nationally. And uh, so we talked a little bit about Sabrina Ionescu triple double record men and women. Yeah, well, she keeps, I mean, now she's at 15, Mm -hmm. so she just keeps adding to it. And then assist record for UO, she tied it at 6.07 and then broke it it when they went down to LA. But (laughs) she and Maite are right there with each other. So this team is, it's statistically stacked as well. You can see it on the floor, but the stats, they back it up. And I think that's an interesting piece to at least put to the puzzle, but... When you look at at this Oregon backcourt and Sierra, you and I were talking about it a little before recording. It's the best in the country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Graves and others have said that they are like the best backcourt in the nation. And like you were saying, the stats prove it. They both have over 600 assists. Um, and and then Consorla in the Mississippi State game was really big on the take. Um, off of the drive, she scored what was it, 20 points in that game. Um, Just like a really strong player who is the point guard of the team, even though Ionescu gets a lot of attention. But You could say she's the quarterback, right? Like that's that's essentially what she does. And she plays offense and defense. She's this leader on both both sides of the ball and on both ends of the court. And she's one of those players where you're going to be comfortable if she has the ball in her hand. And if she has a turnover game where she's turning the ball over five or six times, which only happens a couple times a year, the other players will pick it up because she has to pick it up every game. And she's one of those players where, like we said, the stats, the stats, they don't show how good she is for this team. I think they won't realize it till she leaves. Yeah. Just how good she was for this team. They'll absolutely feel her absence, especially if Ionescu leaves, because then they, they have a whole backcourt to fill. They have um, guard and a point guard missing. Yeah, that's going to be something to talk about when it gets towards the end of the season, if indeed Sabrina Ionescu decides to go to the WNBA. And, you know, she talked to an NBA legend on the weekend. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Kobe Bryant was in attendance at USC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he ends up in the locker room, signs their shoes, and brings his daughters and hangs out. And they were talking about that today and just how cool it was and how they, they idolize him. And Sabrina was asked if she is a bigger fan of Steph Curry or Kobe Bryant because she's met both in the last month and how she feels about that. And, well, she lives in the same hometown. as Her hometown is where, is where Walnut Creek is where Steph Curry lives. So they had mutual friends that's how that got set up but obviously she's a Warriors fan so she's a bit more of a Steph Curry fan but what I don't know how how this publicity leads to her staying another year at this point I think that's she's gonna have to ride that into the WNBA at this point Mm -hmm. I think she's playing such strong basketball she's got the records it's like she comes back for another year, she's going to leave Oregon with possibly 25 career triple doubles, and that will never be broken. <laughs> yeah. So you're thinking she will stay or won't stay? I think she might as well not stay. Yeah. Unless she's really keen on the education. I think women's basketball now, the WNBA, there's enough money in it that it's worth to leave. Uh-huh. I think we're seeing that in several women's sports. I'll bring soccer into it, which is, as you know, my favorite sport. 
NWSL players are doing that. So I think you're seeing that in the WNBA now, and that's a big step in women's sports. And I'll be interested to see if we ever see a one and done in the next decade for, oh, yeah. for women's basketball. I think that is a possibility because we know the WNBA is getting bigger. But yeah. uh, Well, speaking of, um, there was a mock WNBA draft, and they had her going first, so why wait? To, if the, you're, to the Aces, Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. And they were courtside on UCLA, was that what it, what it was, or USC? Oh, I'm not sure. The one Aces? of the games, yeah, the recruiter was there. Yeah, there was a Lynx one at, in Oregon mm-hmm. for a game earlier in non-conference play for the Syracuse game, and or not Syracuse, one of the other games, Buffalo. And... Uh, they, they're interested in her. They're going to come back, so keep an eye on that, folks. But yeah, that inside-outside with Wilson will be, could be huge. Yes. Not will be, could <laughs> be. But let's, let's keep it on track. But this big test against Arizona State, first-ranked Pac-12 opponent, and it's a good Arizona State team. You can't knock them. They have, they have a strong core. I think they're similar to Oregon in that sense. 12-4 and four record. They've played Stanford. They lost to Stanford but only 72 to 65. I think that's something to keep an eye on because Stanford is is kind of being forgotten about in the Pac-12. It's really Oregon and Oregon State people are talking about. Mm-hmm. Stanford is always a team in the Pac-12 that can be number one. Oregon might get nicked, I think, at the end for a number one spot in the Pac-12 tournament. We'll see how that plays out, but what do they need to do against the Sun Devils? I think it's hit more three-pointers again. They've they've got Aaron Bowley hitting threes and Santu Sambali hitting threes, Sabrina Ionescu and Maite Cazorla. Essentially, the only one of the starting five that doesn't shoot threes is Ruthie Hebert. I'm sure she'd like to get in on the act. Yeah. Well, I mean, but she's shooting like 75% or something, which is absurd. Yeah. At this point, you don't want her going out to the arc, but she had that bad game against Washington. I'd wonder what her her percentage would be if she didn't have that bad game if we took yeah. that out of the equation because she was she was a shadow of herself in that game but I think Arizona State it's it's gonna have to be post presence again from Ruthie mm-hmm. and then outside some shots from the outside because when Aaron Bowley makes it rain Oregon doesn't lose and I think Arizona State as much as they're ranked I think there's a thing in the top 10 in the top 25 I don't know if you see this as well, but the top 10, I feel, is so much further ahead than the rest of the top 25. I don't know if, if I'm going crazy, but I think like to see a 24 knock off a top 10 team is way crazier than on the men's side. I think the top 10 is a little more heavy. But this Oregon team still still looking strong. I think Arizona State's going to be a tough test. but I think they're going to need to play a consistent game they can't let it go because Arizona State is going to come in wanting it really bad they're going to want it they're going to want the upset they're going to want to knock down Oregon and I think sometimes Oregon can get like you were saying earlier a little then come out a little slow or they can come back into the third quarter kind of slow and they just I don't think that they can do that against a ranked opponent in the Pac-12 because of how strong the Pac-12 is slow second quarter against Washington nearly nearly caught them yeah. Huge lead after the first, and I thought we were going to see a 40-point blowout to open Pac-12 play at Matthew Knight Arena, but changed a little bit by halftime. Yeah, they can't get complacent. They can't sit back. They have to be present, be active. They have to be aggressive the whole 40 minutes. And then you, the game against Arizona, 
to end the weekend. Ari McDonald, definitely the player to watch. <laughs> She's a phenomenal player. And I think Oregon's going to have to be keen on her, but at the same time, be ready because there can be outlets with Arizona. I think that the test this weekend is really Arizona State, but not to knock anything from Arizona, but their loss against Stanford, a 30-point blowout in Tucson. They lost at Utah by 16. I think their 13-3 and record for for Arizona is pretty good, but their non-conference play was maybe a little bit lacking in comparison to Oregon's. And I think Oregon has this advantage at home that they've taken advantage of in the last few years. Um, Matthew Knight Arena gets a good vibe now. There's a lot of fans showing up. Uh, I think that's something they play off of. And they're just going to keep riding this wave until they, they run into Stanford, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. And Stanford's away this year, yeah? Mm-hmm. Stanford's, so. won, Stanford's only once this year, too. So that'll be... Or else they'll end, they'll end the season, the conference season, against Arizona State. Yeah, they'll travel down to the, the desert to finish up the regular season before the tournament in Las Vegas rather than in Seattle this year as Key Arena gets fixed up, which is a bummer because that's going to make it a lot harder for us to travel. But so we'll probably still have coverage of that tournament, hopefully in person. But um, this this team... Most likely winning both games. Do you guys have any predictions that are outlandish, or do you think it's a sweep this weekend? Because I'm calling a sweep. I think it's a sweep. I think Arizona State will give them a run for their money. I don't think it'll be easy, but I I think Oregon has it in them. Yeah, I think the sweep is what we're all expecting. I think you're right. I think ASU, they're going to have to come out. It's going to be a wake-up to realize that they're not the only ones in the conference. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a test. I think every Pac-12 game is difficult. And Oregon can't forget that. I don't think they will. Kelly Graves, definitely not going to forget that one either. But it'll be a tough test. I think when they play Stanford and then Oregon State and Oregon State, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Come around back in February. Oh, my goodness. That's a month away from right now that they'll play Oregon State the 15th of February in Eugene. But a lot of basketball to play until then and first up Arizona State Friday at six o'clock. Who's covering that for us? Maggie and I. That's right. <laughs> so dailyemerald.com, you can read about that game Friday at six. And then Sunday, we'll have coverage. Twelve o'clock tip at Matthew Knight Arena against Arizona. But for now, that's all we have. And we'll we'll have plenty more podcasts throughout the regular season, but thanks to Ryan Wynn for producing this for maggie vanoni sierra webster i'm sean meadow keep it with dailyarble.com subscribe to the emerald podcast network wherever you get your podcasts and read our stories pick up our newspaper uh support student journalism and uh we'll see how oregon women's basketball does this weekend we'll have a podcast for you hopefully in the upcoming two weeks or so about that and much much more thanks for listening see ya I'll tell you a funny story today. Today? Talk into your mic. Sorry. Nope. Remember, side of the mic. He said talk into it. Side of the mic. You were going to the top. Okay.
Side Any, of it. Okay, <laughs> side of the mic. I'll stand up taller. No, you're fine where you were. Literally, side of the mic. Drag her. Okay, guys. 